Welcome to day 262 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul here with Cindy, David, and Matt. And we're in our third season together, the story of the prophets. We're reading through the prophet Ezekiel. And of course, Ezekiel finds himself with the people who've been uh, captured by the Babylonians, have been deported, you know, to their capital city. His uh, first vision is on the river Kabar. Uh, in the land of Babylonia where he sees the presence of God and the presence of God's glory with him. He's also had visions, you know, going back to Jerusalem where you see the presence of God and the glory of God being removed bit by bit, reluctantly leaving the people of Israel and leaving the presence of the temple uh, to disappear over you know, the Mount of Olives. And uh, we continue to uh, look at the judgment that you know, God is bringing on his people. And, and we're reminded of you know, whenever Israel conquered the land, uh, that part of what God was doing was judging the detestable sins of the Amorites, who he was uh, patiently allowed you know, 400 years from the time that he promised the land of Israel for them to repent, for them to come to a knowledge of him. Uh, but their, their sin grew into an even greater maturity. And the land is, is the Lord's. It really didn't belong to the people. And he promises Israel from the very beginning uh, that unless you are a different people than the people I cast out before you, I will cast you out. And, of course, you see this happening, and you see the picture of uh, the total desolation of the city of Jerusalem, which is the very heart and symbol of God's presence among his people. So we come to Ezekiel chapter 12 today. And as we do, we want to hear the warnings of Scripture. We want to receive the comfort of Scripture. But more than anything else, we want to see the God of Scripture, uh, to know Him, to worship Him, to be transformed, you know, by Him. And so we always pause and offer ourselves, offer this moment, you know, to the Lord for Him to do His work in us through His Spirit, by His Word, according to what Jesus has done on our, our behalf. So, Cindy, do you mind lifting us up uh, before we pray? I mean, before we read. Sure. Pray before we read. I'll do that. Yeah. Thanks. Father, we do thank you um, for your word. We thank you for the power of your word, um, that it would be ministered to us by your spirit to teach us, to um, convict us and comfort us. So, Father, we would just ask that all that would be happening as we read. And that um, we would, Father, deepen our love for you and grow in our faith, and that our hearts would be renewed. So we thank you for this time, and it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 12, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man. You're living among a rebellious people. They have eyes to see, but they do not see, and ears to hear, but they do not hear, for they are rebellious people. Therefore, son of man, pack your belongings for exile, and in the daytime, as they watch, set out and go from where you are to another place. Perhaps they'll understand, though they are a rebellious people. During the daytime, while they watch, bring out your belongings, pack for exile. Then in the evening, while they're watching, go out like those who go into exile. While they watch, dig through the wall and take your belongings out through it. Put them on your shoulders so that they are watching and carry them off at dusk. Cover your face so that you cannot see the land, for I have made you a sign for the Israelites. So I did as the Lord commanded. During the day, I brought out my things packed for exile. Then in the evening, I dug through the wall with my hands. I took my belongings out at dusk, carrying them on my shoulders while they watched. In the morning, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man. Did not the Israelites, that rebellious people, ask you, what are you doing? Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. This prophecy concerns the prince in Jerusalem and all the Israelites who are there. Say to them, 
I am assigned to you. As I have done, so it will be done to them. They will go into exile as captives. The prince among them will put his things on his shoulder at dusk and leave, and a hole will be dug in the wall for him to go through. He will cover his face so that he cannot see the land. I will spread my net for him, and he'll be caught in my snare. I'll bring him back to Babylonia, the land of the Chaldeans, but he will not see it, and there he will die. I will scatter to the winds all those around him, his staff and all his troops, and I'll pursue them with drawn sword. They will know that I am the Lord when I disperse them among the nations and scatter them through the countries. But I'll spare a few of them from the sword and the famine and the plague, so that in the nations where they go, uh, they may acknowledge all their detestable practices. Then they will know that I am the Lord. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, tremble as you eat your food and shudder in fear as you drink your water. Say to the people of land, this is what the sovereign Lord says about those living in Jerusalem in the land of Israel. They will eat their food in anxiety and drink their water in despair, for their land will be stripped of everything in it because of the violence of all who live there. The inhabited towns will be laid waste and the land will be desolate. Then you will know that I am the Lord." And we said in you know yesterday's podcast that the elders of the city place their confidence in the city and in the prosperity they were experiencing in the city. Uh, as they're here, you know, Ezekiel's prophecies and, of course, the prophecies of Isaiah and the prophecies of Jeremiah before him, of Amos, you know, as well. Uh, he was one of the first prophets, you know, to prophesy 200 years have passed. They're still very comfortable. They're still you know, kind of sitting, you know, in the land. Uh, and they have no idea about what is about to, you know, come on them. And so you have here uh, Ezekiel, as Isaiah has done, as Jeremiah has done as well, acting out uh, the prophecies. He digs through the wall, and I'm guessing this is the wall of his own house. I'm not sure exactly which wall he, <laughs> is, is, wall. he, is, he is digging <laughs> He is digging through. Uh, and in plain sight, he walks away, carried into exile. And, of course, the irony of this is God is with his people in exile, but he has abandoned you know, his people who are in Jerusalem and in the city of Jerusalem. So this is the final judgment and the final movement of the conquest of Babylon. Of course, exiles happen in two stages. Mm-hmm. The first one you know, is when uh, you know, Daniel and Azariah and Hananiah uh, you know, are carried away into exile along with Ezekiel. And, of course, there will be a final stage, and this is the one that he's prophesying. What a, just, uh, you have to love Ezekiel constantly acting out things, but I mean, what a graphic imagery of him, not only, you know, mimicking mm-hmm. this or acting out this going into exile, but this covering his face, mm-hmm. you know, so you're, you're sitting here watching this guy thinking, what in the world? He's digging through a wall and mm-hmm. now all of a sudden he's covering his face as he walks. But I mean, if you're an Israelite and you, those, those you know, images do begin to recall, you begin mm-hmm. to see oh, we won't see the land again, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's not just land. You mentioned it yesterday. This is about the promise of God, that God promised to dwell with his people in the land. This is God's land. And and so much is wrapped up, even as we read through the story of scripture, of the returning to the land, because they know that there's something special about the land mm-hmm. as it's associated with God. So it's just that image of, of Ezekiel covering his face so that he won't see the land, you know, evokes um, just... Yeah, a lot of images. And of course, this is kind of a strange prophecy because he is already in Babylon mm-hmm. and they have not you know, seen the land. And he's prophesying about what will happen to those who you know, are in, in uh, Jerusalem. And of course, he beautifully prophesies, or not beautifully, again, these are hard images, but uh, they're, they're such vivid images of what will take place. 
you know, the Zedekiah is the final mm -hmm. king of Jerusalem is based on the throne by Nebuchadnezzar, but tries to form alliances, you know, with Egypt in order to resist Nebuchadnezzar. And of course, the city is besieged and uh, it is does become this cauldron or this pot in which yeah. everyone in it is the meat that is boiled. And these are the innocent people that the leaders have led, you know, to, you know, to this place. But Zedekiah, the leader, you know, sneaks out through a hole in the wall and he begins to run toward Egypt and there he is caught and he's brought back to Hazar before Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar has his sons and all of his officials killed right before his eyes and then has his eyes put out so the last horrible image on his mind was the death of his sons. And uh, you have that prophecy that he will be brought into Babylonia but never see it. And you see a very vivid depiction of what indeed will happen for those who have mm -hmm. trusted in themselves and of course they're trying to run for safety to leave the people to perish uh, which is a sign of an incredible leadership and you, you have that picture here of course i would have you know, thought you know, with ezekiel digging through his house or digging through his wall or digging through a you know some flimsy you know wall by the river of kbar he's saying okay we're going back <laughs> and he said no we're, we're, we're not going back mm -hmm. they're coming to us yeah well, it just so much is about the land, and of course, realizing that the land was such an important part of the, I guess, the Abrahamic covenant, and then just to see that, I don't know, maybe they had so much national pride, or I don't know, something associated with the land that God would now disperse them and scatter them, and they couldn't even, you know, eat or drink without anxiety in the land, and everything about the land is, is laid waste, and it's just so sad to see that the thing that they... I don't know, devoted themselves or loved or cherished or maybe they made into an idol, you know, was now being ripped out of their hands. No, that, so. uh, you know, that's a, exactly right. It has become, you know, an, an idol. They've taken the good gifts of God, which are the temple, you know, the city of Jerusalem, and God's presence with them and the land that he had given them, you know, uh, you know for granted. And they had fallen more in love with the symbols of God's presence than they had with God's actual presence. And God has you know, removed his presence. And of course, the land promise goes all the way back, you know, not simply to Abraham, but, you know, to Genesis where God provides, you know, a perfect place for, you know, humanity to live in fellowship with him, to enjoy the beauty of his creation, to steward its resources, you know, for his glory, for the benefit, uh, you know, of, of those around them, to expand the reign of God as you would from Eden, you know, throughout all of the earth. And, of course, Canaan's a redo. Mm -hmm. He has given them the land. He has given them his presence and fellowship with them, a place for them to thrive and enjoy the bounty of his blessings and his presence. And they are to be, you'll remember from Exodus 6, a, a, you know, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. In other words, they are to take the blessing from God and mediate them to the nations. And uh, they they are not even experiencing them themselves, much mm -hmm. less extending them to the nations. So they come under the same judgment as the nations before them um, who denied God's goodness and never acknowledged him as God. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, you know, as, as uh, Matt pointed out, much worse in their case because they knew the glory and the power of God. Mm -hmm. And just a good reminder that just like the people here, we can so quickly kind of fall in love with the things God gives us rather than... Mm -hmm. God himself mm -hmm. and him being where our affections and desires and, and love truly lie. And when that happens, um, this is kind of the results of that is not only do those things begin failing you, but then you don't even have the mm -hmm. Lord as well. And so mm -hmm. 
It's a good reminder to keep our affections for the Lord first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Now, there's there's no doubt about it, and it's not as if uh, we don't have an idolatry ourselves of, mm-hmm. of land and of place and of mm-hmm. security and of power and, and of wealth mm-hmm. and have lost sight of the giver of good gifts. You know, in, in that, and of course, that is, uh, you know, as Keller, you know, you know, says, or Timothy Keller often says, you know, idolatry happens when we take good things and we make them ultimate things. Mm-hmm. When we love the land more than we love God Himself, when we love the symbols of God's presence more than we honor His presence with, you know, with a contrite heart and uh, with brokenness before Him, mm-hmm. you know, over, over our sin. You know, even considering this exile and just. You know, in light of especially 15 you know, and 16, so you have you know, Ezekiel performing, covers his face, mm-hmm. unsure of where he's headed, but the Lord even says, that, you know, where where you're going, you know, there's a chance for the remnant to be faithful. Mm-hmm. And in being faithful, the nations will actually, it's almost, you know, it's like, I will still find a way to, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. fulfill what I've always desired yeah. Israel to be. Mm-hmm. Even in the midst of exile, there will be a remnant mm-hmm. wherever they're at. Maybe yeah. if I strip them of everything. Mm-hmm. In that moment, they will acknowledge me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, so God has worked, you know, to bring Israel to himself, both in his rich blessing and in his judgment as well. And both of those are meant to lead, you know, to repentance. And, and so both of those, even, 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 you know, even judgment is an act of mercy and an act of kindness intended to lead toward, you know, restoration. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you have a picture of a gracious God who is pleading with his people, not giving up on his people. And continually, even as he announces judgment through the prophets, always comes back with the hope that is on the other side of the judgment. And, of course, as the chapter started, uh, they're not seeing it and they're not hearing it. Mm -hmm. David, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. And, Father, we do thank you that... um, in you and Christ, we have hope. Um, thank you for the living hope we have in Him. Uh, may we live um, as your people here in this time and this place for your glory to make much of you. Father, give us deep heart affections uh, for the things that matter. We pray us all in the name of Jesus. Amen.